This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking to David Kennedy, Vice President and Chief Security Officer at Diebold, about the results of the Healthcare Information Security Today survey. Diebold was one of the sponsors of the survey. Thanks for joining us today, David. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Survey participants perceive mistakes by staff members to be the single biggest security threat they face, followed by insider threats and business associates taking inadequate security precautions. So what are some of the best ways to address each of these threats? If you look at how information security is you know, currently structured right now and, and how information security is set up, you know, the, the problem that we're facing now is, is the different threat landscapes that we have out there as far as social engineering or you know, malicious websites or, or things that can happen out there. You know, generally staff members aren't equipped enough to see different types of attacks that might be out there or, or may not be able to understand a malicious web page that might be out there or, or something to that effect. And so if you look at education and awareness around security, we're at a pretty immature state when it comes to the healthcare industry. And so for, for the user side of the population, uh, they're having a tough time identifying any type of threats that might be out there and actually may give information out to um, a specific attacker or you know might actually click on a link or something to that effect that ultimately compromises them. If you look at RSA, for example, uh, RSA experienced a data breach uh, specifically because of an employee uh, opening up a PDF uh, document that happened to be a uh, zero-day and from there further compromise the network. So if you look at trying to get down to how to protect you know, our associates or the users, it really goes around coupling it with user ed- and education awareness uh, around the latest security threats that are out there and really trying to put some granularity around user control so that the users are actually protected um, as they're going out and browsing the Internet. The survey found that about 43% grade the effectiveness of their security training and awareness activities as poor, failing, or in need of improvement. So what are the essential components of an effective training effort? I think when you look at an actual education awareness training program, you have to look at what resonates with the users. Um, I think most training programs kind of go the, the you know, online CBT route where you know it's really driven off of, you know, what are the latest attacks out there, but it really doesn't resonate with the users. So, you know, it tends to become, you know, cumbersome and boring for them. Uh, What we find a lot of is is trying to resonate uh, with the associates on what the different types of attacks are and how it actually impacts them. And so, you know, what we've seen is is companies put on Security Education Awareness Week for their organization where it talks about the latest threats, but also tries to hit them at home as well. So how do you protect um, their home you know, infrastructure or home wireless networks or things to that effect where, you know, just by teaching them little bits of information here and there, you expand your security program out to every associate versus just how many people you have dedicated to security. And so with, with that coupled with trying to help them understand and, and, and relating to them uh, through the education awareness uh, type training, you really get a maximum effectiveness of how you can actually train them. And if you look at the maturity models in most organizations, they're really focused on compliance aspects around education awareness. So making sure that we have something that they sign that's our acceptable use policy and maybe have some training that goes along with it. It's very rare to find a company that actually invests in education and awareness around security. I know we've seen companies that have their screensavers that are, that are um, security related just to remind them of making sure that they don't share their passwords or they look for suspicious activity. We've also seen companies that have, you know, posters around the different environments that really show them what's happening as far as security goes. Um, and a lot of times it happens to, to also go um, to individual groups and what their responsibilities are. 
and really trying to train them on ensuring that they have a security conscious effort when they're working with any type of data. The survey also showed that 26% of organizations have yet to conduct a risk assessment as mandated by HIPAA. And of those that have conducted an assessment, only 46% updated at least annually. Can you offer some insights on how to conduct an effective risk assessment and how often it should be updated? Sure. And if you look at what risk assessments were designed to do, it's to identify different risks that you have within your organization. So taking that into context of security, risk assessment is really a current sta uh, state of your overall information security program or what you're doing as far as security is concerned. And so with the risk assessment, it really needs to be widened in the fact that it has to cover all aspects of your security program. So generally, you know, leveraging the NSA's IAM methodologies um, or leveraging ISOs, or, um, the ISO standards are, are perfectly acceptable um, risk assessment methodologies. But when you start to look at what you actually want to accomplish out of a risk assessment, what you want to do is find out what your current state of security is and then further leveraging um, a maturity model to get your company to a posture that they're acceptable with. And not every company is different. Not every company wants Fort Knox security. Uh, but if you look at what the risk assessments are actually accomplishing, it's really to try to build your information security program or your security program up to actually elevate it to a posture that is acceptable to the organization as far as what level of security you have. And so you want to cover things like physical security, wireless security, regulatory and compliance aspects, modems and, and networking type attacks. I'm um, really just looking at your entire security program as a whole and where you might have deficiencies or gaps in that and actually build upon that. And when you do it you know, annually or you, you, you continue to do it over a period of time, you should be able to see a maturity model of your organization start to get to that point of where you want it to be. And those risk assessments are really the validation to prove that those are actually legitimate. Audit logs and log management top the list of information security technology investments for the year ahead. Why do you think that's the case, and what's the most effective way to monitor who is accessing patient information stored in multiple information systems, as is often the case? Well, if you look at how complex technology has, has gotten, you have different systems for literally everything that you do. Um, specifically in the healthcare industry, there's no real centralization of applications. Every application that's built is built independently. And in order to effectively monitor those, you really have to have some sort of centralized management solution that will be able to take all that information at once and try to correlate that into something that's intelligible that you can actually monitor. And so if you look at you know, the audit log and, and log management solutions out there today, they're really designed to try to centralize and correlate information into um, one central repository that you can then start to tackle and understand what type of information is going through it. And for a security program, um, the common term SIM, or security information event monitoring solutions, are really aimed at detecting different types of attacks that might be happening in an organization and start to tie in multiple systems, networking devices, firewalls, databases, applications, everything kind of ties into a central repository to where they can start to monitor that from one central location versus having to have an independent window for, for one application versus your firewall versus um, your switches and routers versus, you know, your operating systems. And so it's really a way to try to, you know, oversimplify security so that all the information is readily available to you and basically what you do from there on out is what you define as your security program as far as detection and trying to uh, prevent different types of attacks. Finally, the survey found that only 60% of organizations report that they have a documented information security strategy in place. Only about 42% have a defined information security budget. What's the best way to win support and funding for a comprehensive 
information security strategy. This is probably one of my favorite topics as far as information security goes because it's something that every organization struggles with and no organization has really you know, been a leader in defining what that is. And if you look at what we're trying to protect against, we're, we're trying to protect our, our information, we're trying to protect our intellectual property, we're trying to protect specifically in the healthcare our patient information, we're trying to protect um, the overall organization itself. And so the best way to gain support within the organization for funding is to represent what a true risk would be. And so I'm a big advocate on penetration testing, uh, which is essentially, you know, mimicking an attacker or an adversary trying to attack the organization as, as a hacker would. And essentially they would try to bypass, you know, security controls and gain unauthorized access to systems and from there further penetrate into the network to identify what type of impact you can have to the organization. And why that's important is, is penetration testing is a fundamental philosophy of, yes, it's, it's simulating what a hacker does, but it identifies what your true exposures are to the organization and what an actual attacker could do uh, to circumvent those controls and where your deficient security programs are at. And looking when you're looking for funding, being able to walk into a meeting with the CFO or the CIO and basically state that you were able to completely cripple the organization if you wanted to and had the access to everybody's you know healthcare information, were able to um, you know change the temperature in a room, um, operating room, all of those are things that can resonate with the organization so that they can actually start to give funding towards a more strategic um, security program. And there's penetration tests that I've been on, and we would do a combination of trying to um, attack the organization from a physical perspective. So we'd you know, go and impersonate being a doctor, or um, we'd go in and impersonate being a um, you know someone that's, that's a janitor or someone helping out. And in one case, uh, we were doing a penetration test for a hospital, and we, we broke into the, the drug dispensing units. There's these new drug dispensing units that basically dispense um, medicine out. So, you know, the doctor will go in and, and punch in a certain number or whatever, and it spits out a certain amount of pharmaceutical drugs, and we're able to get that to dispense whatever we wanted it to. Um, so, you know, there's different attacks that you can do towards an organization uh, to represent what they need to protect against. And ultimately, you know, any company's goal is to continue to generate revenue and also try to protect its information. And so penetration testing emphasizes what deficient programs you have in there and how you build upon it. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with David Kennedy of Devolve. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening.